Hello and welcome to Light from Light podcast. My name is Brother Thomas Therese. I'm a son of the English province of the Order of Preachers. Uh, so in common times, I'm a Dominican friar. And um, over the summer period on Light from Light, we're going to be doing a series of reflections which hopefully will help you grow closer to God and to his church and encourage a process of self-reflection that hopefully will help us go deeper into our spiritual lives. This past week, we celebrated the Feast of St. Dominic. It's been 800 years since uh, our Holy Father, St. Dominic, went to his eternal reward. And um, it, it, this reminded me, actually, of something that happened at the hearing where, where it was discussed whether Dominic should be declared a saint. There was a brother called Ventura of Verona, and he said that St. Dominic was so zealous for souls that he extended his charity and compassion not only to the faithful, but also to unbelievers and Gentiles and even the damned in hell. And he said that he wept freely for them. And Dominic was also, I remember, observed late at night praying in the church, crying for sinners, saying, what will become of poor sinners? And this reminded me of a question from the first letter of St. Peter, where St. Peter says, and if it is hard for the righteous to be saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? So it's to this question that we'll turn today. This, I hope, <laughs> will be a reflection on hope. But first we must turn our attention, I think, to sin and to sinners. And the first thing to remember when it comes to sinners is that there's no us and them. It's just us. St. John reminds us, if we say we have not sinned, we make God to be a liar. And in the Hail Mary, we pray, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Every human being will be judged by Jesus Christ, by the one whom we pierced by our sins. But let's not forget, Christ died for us while we were yet sinners, as St. Paul says, because he loved us. He loves sinners. He died for sinners. As Christ again says in the Gospel, I came not to call the righteous but to call sinners. I came for the sick. Those who are well have no need of a physician. Yet even still, we sometimes reject Jesus still by what we say and sometimes by what we do. And when we do this, we reject the love of God. What does St. Peter say that we should do? Well, he tells us, Therefore let those suffering in accordance with God's will entrust themselves to a faithful creator while continuing to do good. Peter's context for his comments are the suffering of the church. And he says, you know, it's hard to do the right thing, even when you're when you're a good person who, who habitually does the right thing. It's hard to suffer for doing the right thing. Yet, nevertheless, we entrust ourselves to a faithful creator, continuing to do good. And if it is hard for the righteous to be saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? God is faithful to us, his beloved, even when we are not. Aquinas says that sin is a bit like an arrow that just misses the mark. And even when we do sin, we're pursuing something which we perceive to be good. And which will be good in a limited way, even whether it be pleasure, power, honor or wealth or whatever it is. There's, it's an error, but some errors can have very serious consequences. Sin is a turning away from God, the God who is love itself, life itself, the reason and cause of all being, goodness and truth. So then when we turn away from God, we turn away from love, from goodness, truth and life itself. And this is why sin is so serious. 
And that turning away can sometimes be very, very gradual, like when a ship is turning away from port, and sometimes you don't realise until it's too late. We can see then why a definitive turning away from God, a definitive, free, um, knowledgeable act of the will away from God is hell, is hellbound. C.S. Lewis said that hell is a room that's locked from the inside. Uh, often when, when I talk about things like this, I say, you know, haven't we all had that friend who, it doesn't matter how often you try to reach them, there's always a reason why they can't accept your help. And it's like a door locked from the inside. But this is, again, one of the reasons why we as Christians must do all we can to evangelize, to bring people into communion with God, to help people live good Christian lives in accordance with God's wisdom. We help each other to live by the commandments, to pray and to love wisely. And this is why we share the good news, to bring about a conversion of hearts and minds. And, dare I say, to convert our our own hearts and minds to God. The one who evangelizes is also in need of continuous conversion. And this is why the greatest saints call themselves the greatest sinners. They realize they have to continually strive for holiness. And yes, sometimes, you know, when we try to reach out to others, they may reject us. But this does not mean that we stop trying. Because if we stop trying, as we will read in uh, Ezekiel, we will be held responsible if we do not try to bring others into that relationship with God. That relationship that we enjoy. We we don't just enjoy this for, for, for ourselves, for our own sake. We're called to be light to others and bring other people into that relationship with God. And trying counts for something. We're not doing this alone. Jesus is our advocate and he sends us another advocate, the Holy Spirit. God himself then if this is if 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 we talk about a sort of a courtroom scene or a defense trial or something god himself is our defense and he himself is the lawgiver we remember in relation to sinners in the gospel of matthew and luke we read about the narrow gate when asked who will be saved jesus says wide is the gate that leads to destruction and many take it few are those who take the narrow path but it's important that we're careful in our interpretation of this passage and do not read it in isolation from the entirety of the New Testament, especially the Gospels. For God, who scripture tells us, desires all souls to be saved and he works to bring this about. For God, who desires all souls to be saved and works to bring this about, even one soul lost would be too many. This is why the good shepherd leaves the 99 sheep behind in the sheepfold to go in search of the one who is lost. This is why we read in the parable that the widow turns over the whole house to find the lost coin. Indeed, some may be surprised by those who are saved, like the parable of those who uh, arrive late to work in the vineyard of the Lord and yet receive the same wage. Or the older brother, who's resentful in the parable of the prodigal son and upset that the younger son can return with a great celebration and jubilation, even though he's lived a debaucherous life. And I I notice in, in the parable, he doesn't even say sorry, though he's certainly grieved by his sins. He does say, Father, I've sinned against heaven and I've sinned against you. I do not deserve, I do not deserve to be with you, but let me have a place with your servants. 
and a great celebration is had. For one who was considered dead has returned and is alive. So then, in the coming week, let's examine our consciences. Am I living a life pleasing to the Lord? What areas of, of faith do I need to deepen? What teachings of the church, teachings of Jesus, do I need to bring my life into conformity with? Do I have compassion for all sinners, like the Lord, like St. Dominic? Or do I withhold my compassion from some? Do I presume my own salvation and then not think as well of the salvation of others? Do I pray for the salvation of all, as the church does? Do I implore God's mercy for myself and others? Do I pray for my own salvation and participate with God's grace in my life? And let's remember those words of the prophet Ezekiel. Now you, mortal, say to the house of Israel, As I live, says the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from their ways and live. Turn back, turn back from your evil ways. For why will you die, O house of Israel? And let's also remember the example of St. Dominic. What did Dominic do? Dominic is called Lumen Ecclesiae, the light of the church, because he sought to illuminate the lives of those around him, to reflect the life of Christ, the light of Christ, the love of Christ, which would bring others to the truth of God and be able to live in that truth, to live in that love, to live the covenant and commandments. Whatsoever you do to the least of these my brothers and sisters, that you do to me. If we do not reach out to others as St. Dominic did, as St. Peter did, as the Lord does, what will become of poor sinners and what will happen to us? Let's then take Peter's advice. Let's entrust ourselves and each other to a faithful creator while continuing to do good. Our God is a merciful saviour who leaves the 99 behind in search of the one lost sheep who turns over the whole house looking for the one small coin, the one who welcomes us home. We can have confidence in him because he loves us so much that he died for us while we were yet sinners. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen.